0: This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. And let's pray. Lord, again, we thank You um, for Your Word. And we just ask again for Your guidance and direction as we... uh Look at this passage tonight. Please open our ears to hear. Please enable me to speak. Lord, uh, please bring your truth home to our hearts for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, what I want to do, I plan tonight to. and we may, but I plan tonight to talk about the centurion. But I want to do this first, and we'll see how far we get here. Um, Lord willing, uh, we'll 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 get there. But if not, we will later, Lord willing. I want to back up just for a few minutes here because uh, there's a couple of things I just wanted to mention this morning, and I'm, I'm, I may uh, just be brief on them here. But um, I think it's worth pointing out, I think it's important, because we we talked quite a bit about how uh, Jesus fulfills um, the Scripture, the Old Testament. Now, I, I'm saying you can lump all that together, Genesis to Malachi, and say that Jesus has come to complete it, to fulfill it. And this is a lot of what we're seeing here. And, in, in uh, Matthew, presenting Jesus as the Jewish Messiah, Messiah and showing how, uh, even even taking specific passages and showing how Jesus fulfills it. But I but I want to show you too, as a whole, how the Scripture bears witness to or testifies concerning Jesus. And so let me let me start by doing this because this this is a, a powerful statement in John five, and then we'll come right back here to Matthew seven. I'm sorry Matthew 8 uh where we were this morning. Um John 5 this is one of Jesus's uh encounters with the Jews and uh always uh exciting <laughs> conversation here. Um John 5, 6, and you get over, well, John 7 at the feast, Uh, and then John 8. Just just powerful um, discourse. But look at John 5. Let's see. Here Jesus is talking about um, His authenticity because He's being accused. And if you look at verse 37, The Father Himself who sent Me has testified of Me, you have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his form. Now, now let me say this real quickly too, um, because these are people who are familiar with Scripture. Now, I, I told a man yesterday when we were um, when we were praying for people at the conference yesterday, uh, just trying to explain some things. I, I uh, I'm trying to remember how the conversation went. He, he uh, A friend of mine asked this man, because we were talking about relationship with the Lord and just trying to draw an analogy. And a, a friend of mine asked this young man, um, you, he said, you talk to your wife, right? I mean, you, he asked if he's married. He said, yes, I'm married. He said, you talk to your wife, right? You have, you have conversation. He said, oh, yes, of course, you know. And he said, now, but if you, this friend of mine, like I say, he's just trying to draw an analogy, making the point that um, you may not do everything right, but that doesn't change your relationship with the Lord if you're truly saved. You're, you're, it's not performance-based, okay? So that's the point he was trying to make. So he said, you, you talk to your wife, right? And he said, yes, of course. And 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 my friend said, uh, "That. let's just suppose you didn't. That doesn't change the fact that you're married, does it? And uh, he was an intelligent young man, and he said, uh, well, it might after some time, you know. <laughs> he goes, okay, 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 I understand that. It's not a perfect analogy, but uh, the point I'm making is, you're, you know, even if you didn't speak to her, you're still married, and your relationship with the Lord is not performance-based. Um, if, you're, if you're saved, you're, you're saved. You're not ever going to be good enough is all he was trying to say. Um, so, so I, you know, through the course of the conversation, I told him, "Look, there's another thing that, because um, we were telling him about prayer, you know, be be diligent in prayer," and I, and I told him, "There's another thing that might affect your marriage. If you know, getting back to that analogy, you know, you already said if you didn't speak to her, that that might that might change your marital status. Well, there's there's something else that might affect your marriage, and that's if you didn't listen to her." I mean, you might talk to her all the time, but if you never listened to her, that would have a bad effect too, right? And he said, oh yeah. And so I told him, well, when, I want you to think of it this way. When you pray, you're speaking to God. When you read the Scripture, you're listening. And it takes both. You, you cry out to God in prayer, He speaks to you in Scripture. So you go to Him in prayer and you, you bear your heart. And then you need to pick up your Bible and read and listen. Because that's where God speaks to you. Now, Jesus is talking to a people here who had a great familiarity with the Scripture. Oh, especially the scribes and the Pharisees. You know, that's what the scribes did. They copied out the Scripture. And, and they were just uh, uh, so meticulous that they could literally copy out hundreds of pages and then make a mistake and wad the whole thing up, throw it away and start over. They, what they would do is they, they would count you know, uh, letters and words. They knew how many to get exactly to the middle of the Old Testament and then how many to get exactly to the end of the Old Testament. So when they copied it all out, they would go back and count and see if they had the right amount. If it didn't come out right, they knew they made a mistake somewhere. They were very meticulous. They knew the Word of God. And that's God speaking. And Jesus says to them, The Father Himself bore witness to Me. He's testified of Me. Verse 37. You have neither heard His voice at any time, nor seen His form. Now, You've not heard his voice at any time. That's quite a statement, considering they had such a a, a a good knowledge of Scripture. Of course, he told them in another place, "You do err because you don't know the Scripture nor the power of God." And boy, they were scandalized by that statement. There was there was an, an explicit um, indictment. You don't know the Scripture. To people who make it their life to know the Scripture, in fact, I would I would dare say the average Jew back then I don't think this is the case today, but the average Jew back then would put the average churchgoer today to shame as far as a working knowledge of the Scripture. They knew the Scripture. Um, we often talk about. The Apostle Paul, because of his education, he he was. He was highly educated, um, trained up under uh, the the famous uh, uh, rabbi uh, Gamaliel. Um, Well, he was highly educated, but we think of the other apostles as being dumb. No, they they were typical Jews brought up and taught the Jewish religion. They knew the Scripture. They knew the Scripture. And yet Jesus says, You've never heard God's voice. So it's possible, the point that I'm making here is this. It's, it's possible to, to, even though this is the very Word of God, it's God-breathed, it's possible to read it and not hear what God is saying. And that's a scary thing. Now, here's the greatest evidence of that. <clears throat> Verse 38, But you do not have His Word abiding in you, because whom He sent, that is God, whom God sent, Him you do not believe. Now, this, this is the evidence. Jesus is saying, you, you've never heard God's voice. I, I know that's true because you don't believe the one whom He sent. And he's talking about Himself. Now, they said they were children, children of Abraham, and Jesus said, uh, No, um, if you were the children of Abraham... Um, you would act like Abraham. And Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. And you see me and reject me. So this is evidence that they, they had not truly heard from God. They, they had not heard God's testimony. So Jesus goes on to say, verse 39, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of Me, or bear witness. The word is, That's what the word testify means there. These are they, that is the Scripture, Jesus says. He's talking about all the Old Testament Scripture. He's talking about Moses, whom they claim to be disciples of. And all the prophets and the Psalms. You search the Scriptures, in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of Me. It's the Scripture that bears witness of Me. God's voice is in it bearing testimony. Verse 37, The Father Himself who sent Me has testified of Me. Where? In the Scripture. Of course, we know He also, uh, at Jesus' baptism, He spoke audibly, didn't He? But again, some of them thought it thunder they they didn't they didn't perceive what God was saying isn't that amazing? God could speak audibly clearly. This is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased. Same thing happened when uh, when Jesus stopped Paul on the Damascus road. All the men with Saul at that time he was called Saul of Tarsus, and all of the men with Saul heard the noise, but they couldn't comprehend it. Jesus said, "Saul." Saul, why are you persecuting me? And they all heard something. They all saw the the light that was brighter than the noonday sun. But they couldn't comprehend it. And Saul heard it clearly. (laughs) He heard his name. He heard the question, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. He heard it all perfectly clear. And to them it was noise. Noise. That's what Jesus says. It's, the Father's testified concerning me. He, he bears witness of me. You search the Scriptures. The Scriptures bear witness of me. But you, verse 40, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. They can't hear. Their own rebellion prevents them from hearing the voice of God. You are not willing to come to me that you may have eternal life. Okay, now just keep this in mind for a moment. The Scripture bear witness of Jesus. The Scripture testifies. The Scriptures, plural here in verse 39, uh, again, just referring to the Old Testament, the Scriptures testify of Jesus. Now, let's go back over to Matthew chapter 8. Here, In the text we read this morning, Jesus is confronted with the leper. And the leper approaches the Lord and says, Lord, if You are willing, You can make me clean. And Jesus put out His hand and touched him. And He said, I am willing to be cleansed. And immediately, His leprosy was cleansed. Now, under old covenant law, specifically Leviticus 14, there there are specific instructions for um how a leper is to be proclaimed clean and I mean there's a certain process they have to go through examination by the priest and and uh make certain offerings and then in the end, when it's all said and done, you know assuming all all the uh the blemishes are really gone then and they, and they've They've done all the ceremonial uh, requir- met all the ceremonial requirements. Then, then at the very end, the priest pronounces them clean. Now, that may seem a little bit strange, but that's that's God's law. You know, I mean, the, all, all of the sores, the blemishes could be gone, but they still had to go through this process of being officially declared clean. By the Levitical priesthood. Well, as I said this morning, all this is taking place under the Old Testament dispensation. We're just at the beginning here of a transition from old to new, but but Jesus has not gone to the cross yet. So this is Old Testament dispensation. Jesus was born under the law. So Jesus says to the man, I'm willing, be cleansed. Now here's Jesus, Son of God, God's Son, God in the flesh. The eternal Son of God. He's just commanded one of His creatures, Be clean! And this morning we talked about the very fact that uh, He has the authority to do that. And so what happened? Immediately, (laughs) the man is cleansed. Because Jesus has all authority. And He has the power to do that. So He says, Be clean. End of story, right? Well, yes and no. Look at verse 4. Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, first of all, let me... Just say real quickly, because I always, we always find this odd, doesn't it, when Jesus does something like this and then says, Don't tell anybody. <laughs> that always seems so strange to us. Um, and there are cases like like with the uh, uh, demoniac in the, among the tombs where he, he, he instructs him to go back to his home and, and spread the news. But oftentimes, and, and at this time Jesus had a big following and some people wanted to uh, make him a king and so forth, <clears throat> and that kind of publicity probably would have hindered his uh his ministry. Alright? In fact I say probably, it's act that's actually what it says if you read Luke's uh Luke's account of this. Um, I think it's in Luke seven. Let me look let me look there real quick. Let's see. Yeah, that's not right. Maybe it's five. Okay, Luke five fourteen. He charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. So virtually the same thing that Matthew says. Then look at verse 15. Luke Five fifteen. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Um, Let's see. That's okay. That's the end of that. (laughs) I didn't expect it to stop right there. Ah, Mark one i get it right here in a moment. Mark 1, verse 44. See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way. And this, again, is the same account. This is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way. Show yourself to the priests. Offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Okay? same, Virtually the same words. Now, verse 45. However, he, that is the man who was healed, the leper... He went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places and they came to him from every direction so it hindered his ministry in in the inner city and uh, he had to stay out in remote areas so um, that's, that's why he's saying don't don 't tell anybody he 's trying to keep a low profile here and 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 uh, I also thought it was interesting when we were at the uh conference back in the summer. Um, John MacArthur in his sermon dealt with this some and and just also uh, raised the idea that um, Jesus wasn't, he he didn't come to be like like a wonder worker, you know, to stir up a a crowd and look at at what I can do kind of thing, and he wasn't looking for people to follow him um, per se based on. The fact that he was doing these miracles, uh, our, our our faith has to be in him as Lord and Savior, and so uh, he's he's ministering to people here at, as I mentioned this morning on a on a very real personal basis, not trying to gin up a crowd. All right, so he tells the man go and say nothing, but then he tells him to do this: show yourself to the priest. Why? Because the law commands it, Jesus, as as he always did, is uh, acting in submission to the Father's will. Right? He said, "I I always do those things that please the Father." And he's acting in submission to the Mosaic law. He's he's living under the law, and he's and he, We already saw in in uh, Matthew five. He said, "I didn't come to destroy the law." I came to fulfill the law. And that's what he's doing. He's, he's fulfilling it in every respect. fulfills the letter of the law. He fulfills, he goes beyond that and fulfills the spirit of the law. But that does include the letter, and so he, he does keep um, the, the ceremonial rites. And so he has pronounced this man clean, and he says, Go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a witness to them, as a testimony to the priest. Now, you can take that for good or for bad. I mean, was he you know testified as a testimony to them so that they might believe, perhaps? Or, or it might be in a negative sense, you know, as a testimony against them <clears throat> because of their unbelief. But either way, he's telling him, do what the law commands. Do what the law of Moses commands. Show yourself to the priest. Offer the sacrifices as a testimony to them. Now, here's here's what I want us to take from this. Um, In doing this, Jesus obtains... He's submitting Himself to the law. And at the same time, in doing that, through this healing, He obtains the favorable testimony of the law. So like we saw in John 5, you search the Scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. They testify concerning Me. How does that happen in this instance? Don Carson uh... Says it this way, very succinctly. In his very act of submission to the law, Jesus makes the law point to Himself. He he's done a miracle here, and this this is a miracle that. it doesn't necessarily prove that you're the messiah but it is one of the signs remember when john the baptist was in prison and doubting and he sends messengers to jesus and says are you the christ or do we look for another obviously what john is thinking you know this this man jesus is not is not bringing the kingdom in like we expected He's not liberating us from Roman rule. He's not overthrowing the Roman power. He's not building an army. He's not setting up a throne. Now, I'm, give me some liberty here. I'm doing a little speculating. <laughs> but it, it does, it's obvious from Scripture, John was having some doubts, probably based on the things that I just mentioned. So, this much we do know, as I said, he sends messengers to Jesus. And this is not speculation. And they ask. John wants us to, know, wants us to ask because he wants to know, are you the Christ or do we look for another? And what is Jesus' response? The lame walk. <laughs> Lepers are cleansed. The dead are raised. And blessed is he that's not offended. At me. That's a way of saying, you go back and tell John I'm, I'm fulfilling exactly what's expected of the Messiah. And part of that is cleansing lepers. Isaiah 61, which Jesus quotes in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then He says to them, today this Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is doing the work, the messianic work, setting the captives free, healing the sick, Sight to the blind, cleansing to the lepers, walking to the lame, life to the dead. So this is just one example of that. He says to the man, I am willing, be cleansed. Now, you go, show the priest, offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And in doing this, he's causing the priest and the act the requirement of the law to validate his work because they can't deny the man's clean and and when he shows up and says this man Jesus touched me and said be cleansed and I'm cleansed and I'm here to fulfill the law the requirements that Moses commanded And the priests examine him and they require of him the appropriate offerings. And then when it's all said and done, they have to say, in an official manner, according to God's own requirements in the Old Testament, this man is clean. Validating the power and authority of Jesus. Listen, not that He needs the priest as men to do that, but in them doing that, in that being done through the observance of the Old Testament law for the cleansing of a leper, in in that way, the Scripture is bearing testimony of the authenticity of the authority of Jesus Christ. Search the Scripture, Jesus said. In them you think you have life. They bear witness of Me. And you and I, you know, we'll just, well, just like the Jews, if we're not careful, just like the Jews then. He said to these men who have spent their lives reading the Scripture, you have never heard the voice of God. And we can read over Leviticus 14, Ah, that's just a regulation. That's just a that's just a dry ceremonialism. What's that? How is that relevant to me today? Has no meaning. That's Old Testament stuff. It is bearing testimony to the person of Jesus Christ, and He has come to fulfill it, to fill it up. He says in Matthew. Every bit of it. There's not, there's not gonna be, there's not gonna be one nook, one cranny of the law, or as Jesus put it, one jot, one tittle, that's gonna go over, overlooked. He fills it up completely, fully. The whole Old Testament scripture is shouting to us about the coming Messiah. So that we will recognize Him. And Jesus is telling the Jews, you haven't heard the voice of God and therefore you don't recognize Me. Now the reciprocal of that is, you hear God's Word, you recognize Me. Because it's bearing witness of Me. It's bearing witness to His authority. And as I said this morning, that's what... Matthew, in this particular section, is emphasizing the authority of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Jesus, Messiah. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your testimony. Your own testimony concerning Your own redemptive work. Your own testimony concerning Your own Son. Your own testimony concerning your own nature and character. Your own testimony concerning your own love for your people. Your own testimony providing for us your own will. Lord, we're thankful for your Word and we pray. Don't let us read it without hearing your voice. Lord, we pray, use it to give us a greater knowledge of who You are, who Jesus is. A better understanding of Your love for us. A better understanding of our purpose. Lord, use it all so that, uh, again... Our lives may be spent for your honor and glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.